figure it out. Um, so I did that for a few months. Do you hear the thunder? Sorry. So when, when it comes to quitting your own job, quitting your job, becoming your own boss, the first step that we both always like are big, big proponents of is to first. Yeah, I didn't know how I was going to make money. <laughs> That's nuts. What a scary place to be though. One of your Instagram posts, you shared about like this big break, breakdown that you had. Um, Which one? <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Redirected. My name is Andrew East and this is a show where we sit down and hear people's stories on how they made it through some massive transitions in life. Whether these transitions are in their career or in their relationships, I hope that when we hear these stories, we can maybe take a little something away from them. So today we sit down with two sisters, Erica Ekman and Melissa Metrano. And Erica, you may know from Everything Erica on Instagram, she does a ton of food, delicious food content. And you may know Melissa as MelissFit on Instagram where she shares her health and fitness journey. And together, these two sisters host the Share Your Shine podcast where it's their mission to help you live a more positive life when it comes to your self-image, career, and relationship. So if this is your first episode that you're listening to, welcome. I would be honored if you could give this show a rating and subscribe to it on whatever platform you're listening to. And if this isn't your first show, then welcome back. But if you guys wanna find out more information about Erica or Melissa, you can find their information in the show notes down below. Let's jump into this one with Erica and Melissa from Share Your Shine. Well, Melissa and Erica, thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited to have you on the show. Thank you for having us. We're so excited to be here. This is gonna be a blast. Just based off listening to your guys' Share Your Shine podcast, you guys got some fun personalities and you also have some amazing stories. So I can't wait to jump into it. Yeah, we're excited. I mean, just being sisters, it's like you're getting that fun, like sister dynamic. So it's always fun to like, just be with one another and <laughs> bring someone else in the mix and chat. Yeah. It's so funny. So you guys said in your podcast that although you're sisters, you couldn't be any more different. So I could see strictly based off like hair color that that applies <laughs> there, but in what other ways are you guys different? Well, uh, like I, so I think the biggest difference between us, but she's changing a bit is I'm an extreme introvert and Erica is an extreme extrovert. And I think that makes like such a big difference between people and how we both run our businesses. I always say we run our businesses totally different. Um, but we're, we are so much the same and our values are the same, but I think that me being so to myself and Erica being like loves, she's a social butterfly always makes a huge difference. Yeah, like if I could go, if I had the choice between like staying in and going out to dinner with friends, like I'm always going to choose going out to dinner with friends okay. and Melissa would be more likely to just stay in. So I mean, it's, <laughs> it, but I mean, it's fun. It's like, because I think we both pushed each other. So like with Melissa, like I think if it wasn't for me, she'd probably be in a lot more and be way more in her shell, but I sort of bring her out in that way. And for me, she kind of, I mean, she's done it for me a lot recently too, with this move when she's saying I'm changing a little bit. Like I being such an extrovert and wanting to like be around people, I exhaust myself like pretty hard. And she's had to sit me down a few times and say, Erica, you know, like you can be a little bit selfish and you can like, like bring yourself back in a little bit and be alone and like might refuel you. So I think like as much as we are different, like having each other has really brought balance to our life. That's awesome. I, uh, it's fun to see you guys. Cause we, my, my brother is completely blonde. He's got blue eyes. And then we, I have four siblings and the rest of us have like, brun like we're brown haired. Anyway, it's like fun to, to notice and realize that there could be, uh, a lot of, a lot of differences between siblings. And I understand Erica that you have a three-year-old Melissa, you're pregnant, exciting times over there in the yeah. 
I could not, that's why I moved down to Florida. I just like the thought of like Melissa having a baby and my daughter not being able to grow up with her. It just like, wasn't an option. I just like, I want them to be sisters like we are. Um, so that was like, okay, you're maybe I'm, I'm moving to Florida. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I noticed that there's some moving boxes behind you. So we're in the yep. process right now, huh? <laughs> Three days here. Yeah. So Eric, I would love to start with you if that's okay uh, with you, Melissa, but I understand that this is not the first move you've made recently. It sounded like you've lived all over the place exploring with your husband um, and you also received your MBA. If you could jump into your story a little bit and just talk about all the different redirections you've experienced, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm sort of like the queen of redirection. Um, I just, I always feel like whenever you're too comfortable in life, like you're never going to push yourself to be even better than you could be. So when I just, whenever I found myself in life being very comfortable, I always want to make a change to continue to push myself. So I graduated um, undergrad back in 2008 with a business degree um, and went immediately into a fundraising job, did that for a couple of years and just said, okay, like, I feel like I love what I'm doing and I'm always the type of person that I, I love what I do all the time, but I always want more. So I said, I think I'm going to go back and get my MBA and try to figure out what I want to do next. So I went to Boston. That's where I met um, my now husband at the time boyfriend. And he's like me, like we're both like the wind. We just go wherever life wants to take us. So between our first and second year of grad school, we said, let's take a road trip. Let's hit like seven different cities and let's just pick one to live in. So we went to Nashville. So we were, we're near hood. Uh, Denver and a couple other places and then Chicago and neither of us had ever been there before we came in the summer so of course it's like Chicago in the summer is probably the greatest place on earth and we're like we're moving to Chicago um, so we graduated no jobs we had like two thousand dollars to our name to make it we drove out there with our U-Haul and we were looking for places and the guy who was showing me apartments I ended up selling myself in told him he needed to hire me I was gonna be his director of operations I could grow his business so he hired me on the spot. So I got my job literally right. looking for an apartment. I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I've just always been somebody, I, I never get worried about my next career change because I feel like I can just figure it out. Um, so I did that for a few months. Do you hear the thunder? Sorry. Holy, is we're that the, thunder? Yeah, we're, we're, we're in the middle of a <laughs> monsoon over Oh here. my, this could get interesting. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, I'm getting to the good part of the story. Wow. So the thunder. Um, so I started my blog about a month or two into Chicago and I started the blog simply because I had never lived in a really big city like this before. Melissa and I are from a town called Wilbraham, Massachusetts. Like we have more cows than people there. Like this was a place that like, I was just like, wow, I need to share like these types of cuisines that I'm experiencing in the city with everybody back home. So I started that. And a few months later, I noticed I was growing a following. I think I'd gotten up to like a thousand followers. And I thought to myself, like, oh my God, I'm, this is it. Like, I'm going to be so famous on Instagram for my, and I just thought it was like so crazy that a thousand people were interested in it. So I did what I would do that I don't know that I recommend for anyone else. And I quit my job. Um, <laughs> and this was before like influencer marketing was even, this was like not even a thing. I just, in my mind, I thought if a, celebrity can like endorse products and convince people like why can't a regular girl amass a following and do the same which seems crazy now because that's influencer marketing but at the time it was like revolutionary um and because i was not making money to bridge the gap financially i launched a social media agency with the thought that what i'm doing building my brand i could just apply to other brands while i'm doing it and they, they can pay me 
um, which has since blossomed. Um, and I work now with some of the largest CPG brands in the company. I do um, consulting for celebrities to help them monetize their brands. And so, yeah, and Melissa and I launched a podcast. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, that's kind of my story in a nutshell. I, I want to, after Melissa's story, retouch your self-confidence and, and just like having <laughs> Having it the confidence, yeah. I mean, it's it's impressive. But Melissa, I, you are a CPA, and you've been through a lot yourself. If you could share that, yeah. You know, my story it feels similar, but it's a little bit different, just because our paths have taken different careers. So I um, got my undergrad and master's in accounting. I did it in three years or four years. I wanted to be done with school. Yeah. Um, did my CPA, and I worked for a big four accounting firm, and then a publicly traded company, and I just like, I'm such a business person and I always, I love stability. For me, I love that feeling of like, okay, if I work hard and I follow this track, I can get to where I want to be. I was always kind of like that one track mind person. And um, after I left big four and I was working in a, um, a privately or publicly traded company, I started teaching exercise classes and I realized the impact I was having on people. So say I just met you and I'd say, oh, I'm a CPA. And then I'd say, oh, and I also teach like two bar classes a week. People would just light up and say, oh, I want to talk to you about my back issues or I'm trying to get in shape. And I realized how much I enjoyed impacting people's lives. And not that CPAs don't impact people's lives, like our accountant <laughs> helps us every day. But um, it was just like a different feeling for me. And I realized how much... I really loved it and it unlocked this creativity. So I started sharing about my classes on social media, just my personal page. And I noticed that it was Pure Bar, which is still around. And I noticed that people from different Pure Bars were starting to follow my page. And I thought to myself, kind of like Erica thought about food. I was like, what if I become the most well-known Pure Bar instructor on Instagram? And so I became really infatuated with community building, something I'd never done before. And I would go on all the different Pure Bar studio pages and I would connect with students and instructors. And I genuinely just wanted to get to know more people that love something as much as I did. I'd never been passionate about anything like that. So um, it transitioned more into yoga. Um, a friend introduced me to yoga and I realized at that point in my life, I really needed some more internal guidance instead of physical guidance. I was going through a really hard time in my life, just trying to figure out if I was happy with my career. I was in a relationship I wasn't happy in. I just felt really stuck and stagnant. And so yoga was this amazing outlet. And so I would shoot my yoga poses every day. And I just happened to be like really flexible, really strong. And I was able at the time, yoga on Instagram was all about the pose. So every day I would try to do this a new and exciting pose. And long story short, it ended up just kind of parlaying into, you know, some brands locally wanting me to do yoga modeling and um, just growing a community. So it was really exciting. So I decided I'm going to quit my job, wow. <laughs> which, I don't, which I don't recommend to everyone. Like Erica said, um, I quit my job. I sold my house um, and I decided to move to Los Angeles just to see what could happen. And when I got to LA, I hit the ground running. I, like Erica says, I'm never worried about myself. I'm the hardest worker in the world. And I think the most successful people are motivated people with free time because you will make something happen. And um, I ended up signing with Wilhelmina Models for fitness and yoga, um, got my yoga teacher training. 
I started a yoga apparel company. I was working with brands and I just haven't stopped ever since. Wow. So who quit their job first between you two? I, I did. Yeah. I think <laughs> I, I, we feel like it's always kind of been like that in life. Like I always like paved the way a little bit and then Melissa's like, okay, I'm ready. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't too long after I think I quit my job and then a few months later she was like, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm doing it too. And so we went on the journey together. Well, Erica really helped. Like she really, really helped me because we went on a trip to LA together this is when I was still working as a CPA and still living in Florida. And she saw how happy I was there. I had always wanted to live in LA and she sat me down at a table. I, I forget, we were at this restaurant on um, Santa Monica Boulevard and she took like the placemat and flipped it over and asked the waitress for a pen. And she's like, okay, how much money do you need to live per month? And so I said, okay, X. And she goes, okay, how can you make money? And at the time I thought modeling, teaching yoga classes, maybe working with brands, consulting. So she made little bubbles and she put in like income and she's like, see, you can do this. And she really encouraged me. And our dad is an incredible serial entrepreneur and he encouraged me too. So I think I was really lucky because I had a lot of people in my life that believed in me, but um, yeah, I didn't know how I was going to make money. <laughs> That's nuts. What a scary place to be though, because I mean, I, I guess I've been through it a little bit when I first got cut by the chiefs. It's like, I, I signed up to be an Uber driver and I didn't know what else to do. You're just kind of scrounging like, okay, like what can I do? I, it took me about three months of kind of lollygagging around, not having any confidence in any of my skills. I got, I got my MBA as well. And then it was like this, this, I feel like humility that I had to be honest with myself and having and be like, Hey, Honestly, I've been doing sports my whole life. I've like I've done internships but don't have like a stellar resume. I got to just start somewhere and it's not going to be like the the glamorous job that I'll probably have in 10-15 years from now, but like having that humility and just saying what can we do to make it work? I think is a great great mentality. And um I got to say I enjoyed both of your guys's Instagram page. Uh Erica, that orange chicken that you make. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank it you. And that, that is a clean recipe. So it's paleo. It's no refined sugar. So like my whole thing is like, I live for like fried chicken and pizza and egg rolls and all the things we love to order in, but I want to eat it every day. And like, that's not a sustainable way to live. So I take those recipes and I make them better for you. So that orange chicken you love, you could eat that every day and feel really good. about it. <laughs> so I, I saw you gave Panda Express a shout out in there. That is my favorite. I love Panda Express orange <laughs> chicken. It is so good. And if you're saying, so try you're, mine, okay. try mine. That's my challenge for you. Okay. Try mine and let me know. I bet you that you like it better. It is so good. And you don't have that like after taste of like, yeah. whatever the heck they're putting in there. Yeah. Nobody uh, knows, but it's, it's really good. Nobody uh, knows. And, and I love in your bio, I think you said air fryer queen. Is that? I live for an air fryer. Yep. Mm -hmm. I am trying to convince Sean to get one. My brother loves it. I'm sitting around when I was with the Redskins, there's like this table of all these coaches and players all talking about how they love their air fryer. I was like, I was like, first of all, it's a hilarious conversation to have like in the NFL, you know, setting, but then I got to get an air fryer is, was my next thought. But yeah, and then today's show is brought to you by Native. As Sean and I look to have our first child, we are really looking to buy high quality products with safe ingredients. And Native is a deodorant formulated without aluminum parabens and sulfates. 
For those of you who don't know, aluminum may be linked to some serious health ramifications, including breast cancer and Alzheimer, and Native's deodorant is a great alternative to conventional deodorants. It's safe and effective, even though it's priced at a slight premium. I view this as totally, completely worth it. They have over 7,000 five-star reviews. You can see them in the Today Show, Women's Health, Elle, Good Morning America, and more. And Native comes in a wide variety of enticing scents for men and women. Plus, they release new limited edition seasonal scents throughout the year. My personal favorite is the coconut and vanilla scent. And let me tell you, I can be a sweaty, smelly guy during my workout, but Native has proven to me that they can hang throughout my workout. They offer free returns on exchanges in the U.S. And if you subscribe, you can save 17%, which is $2 per stick, and Native will be conveniently delivered to your door every one, two, three, or four months. I think this is a fantastic product, and I think it's worth giving it a try. If you guys want, you can save 20% off your first purchase if you visit nativedeodorant.com east and use promo code east during checkout. That's 20% off your first purchase if you go to nativedeodorant.com slash east. Hey, listen, if you run your own business, you are used to doing it all. But if you're struggling to get through your to-do list, HoneyBook can help. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, bookings, contracts, and invoices all in one place. HoneyBook makes it simple to run your business better. Professional templates, e-signatures, and built-in automation keeps everything on track and makes you look good. They can even consolidate services you already use like QuickBooks, Google Suite, Excel, and MailChimp or Gmail. It is the number one choice for client and business management for freelancers like Sean and I and business owners. Save time and do more of what you love with HoneyBook. And right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off when you visit honeybook.com east. Payment is flexible and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to honeybook.com east for 50% off your first year. That's honeybook.com E-A-S-T. Melissa, your, uh, your dog Brady, is that right? <laughs> Yes. Big dog person. So uh, after Tom Brady, which I'm sure you can appreciate. Um, I, was a, <laughs> I was like, I was a little rough subject. Uh, I'm a Colts fan. So this is a, yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. My <laughs> husband is like, a, he's born and raised in LA. He's a huge Raiders fan. And it like, at first it killed him a little that my dog's name was Brady. And I said, you know, you have an opportunity to get to be a Patriots fan. Not everyone has that opportunity. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, it's too bad that you're a Patriots fan. You um, have two East Coast girls here. <laughs> okay. So your, I think, second podcast was titled How to Quit Your Job and Become Your Boss. Both of you clearly have experience in that. And I think you shared a little bit, but if you could dive into that, because it is, it is an intimidating, uh, position to be in where, you know, you, you're at this spot of stability, like you're comfortable in Melissa and you're jumping into the unknown. So what did you guys learn through that process? So when, when it comes to quitting your own job, quitting your job, becoming your own boss, the first step that we both always like are big proponents of is to first live that double life. Like don't just like have an idea and just say, okay, let's do it. Like you first want to make sure that a it's viable and B you enjoy it. So for a couple months or even like a couple weeks, like go to work, do it and then have your second job, like live that double life, have both things going on and see if you enjoy it. For me, um, when I was working in real estate, 
and I started my blog, I was getting up at five in the morning to get my blog post done and things like that. And I am the opposite of a morning person. I actually like work from bed most days. So like for me to get up and like be at it at five in the morning, I knew I was clearly doing the wrong thing. Cause if that was motivating me, then like I needed to go that route. So live that double life, um, figure it out. And then if you make the decision and you say, Hey, I want to do it. Then we do what Melissa talked about that. I kind of talked her through, which is really taking a look at a budget model. So I always say like when you're an entrepreneur, like, and you're going into something for the first time, like you're probably going to take a step back. So when I ask you how much money do you need to make? I mean, how much money do you need? Not how much money do you want? What is that number you need to make to get all your bills paid and make sure that like, you know, you're being a responsible human. For me, I remember way back in the day, that amount was $3,000. That's what I needed to make. Wasn't what I was making, but it's what I needed to make to survive. So I do this exercise that Melissa described where you put the amount in the center. Visually, just put it right in the center of the paper and you write that amount down. Then you go off and you name all the different things in life you could do to make money. So you were saying like Uber driver, whatever it is, you write down all the different ways you physically can make money. And then you write how much you make on average doing those things. Then you start to figure out how many of each thing you need to do per month to hit that number. I will tell you that within a month or two, you will surpass that number, but that's just a way to be able to like make it sort of like put it down and say, okay, like, I think I can do it. Give you that confidence of like, Hey, this doesn't seem so hard because the number seems high. But then when you start breaking it down and all the different things you can do, you realize, Hey, this isn't as difficult as I think it might be. And I think like once you've kind of done what Erica said and you live the double life and you figure out, can I do this? I think it's really important to understand that, you know, just because you love something and it's fun, it's still work. At the end of the day, if you don't want to work, you don't want to work. Whether you get to wake up every day and do what you love, it won't feel like work, but there's hard work aspects to all of it. So I think you need to be prepared to work really hard and to always be the hardest working person in the room because when you're the boss even if you have no one working for you, I was a one woman show for a long time. You need to be grinding, you know, day in and day out and you can't be afraid of hard work. So I think, you know, you have to kind of look, Erica and I always talk about with every topic, what is your why? And I think, you know, if sometimes it's better to just have that nine to six, nine to five job, because if you want to go home at the end of the day and relax, but being an entrepreneur and having your own business, your brain doesn't turn off. And then we could talk about work-life balance, but I think, you know, don't be afraid of hard work and always be the hardest working person in the room. And that's going to take you further after you quit your job. Because if you take a year sabbatical, you're going to be really, really far behind. Yeah. I, I really appreciate the, uh, the don't jump all into it right away. Like kind of work your plan B while you still have your plan A. I feel like a lot of these like motivational people today are like, if you're not going all in on it, you're not going to be successful at it at all. And, and for someone who, you know, I, I consider myself a realist. It's like, well, I, I can't just drop everything that I have and go pursue this thing that isn't a thing yet. And so developing and growing that plan B until it is your plan A, I think is, is wise words and uh, something that, that needs to be shared more. Um, do you guys have any words of advice for people that Erica, I don't know if was your daughter born when you quit your job? So yeah, my daughter, it's actually a crazy story. So my, I quit my job and then, um, I was, I got engaged, quit my job and I said, okay, by the time I get 
married, which was six months later, if I, I'm not making enough money to sustain myself, um, I need to go back to work. And I was using my, my dad's going to kill me. I was using my wedding money that was gifted to me to help. I was like, I will pay it back as I go. So I was using that money to try to like make it work. And I ended up making it work. And I got pregnant a few months later. Um, and then in January, about three months or four months before I gave birth, my husband quit his job to start his company. So we were, it was definitely a crazy time. And that's why I do like to be realistic because like, I know, yeah, if you're single and it, it was much easier for me to quit my job than it was for my husband. Cause then there's responsibilities there. Like if, if we couldn't, you know, go out to eat, that's fine. But like, if we can't feed our daughter, like that's a problem. So yeah, I mean, I, I was, I was not, I didn't have any like major ties when I quit, but he did. So it's definitely something to think about. I feel like one impulse that, that I have naturally when making a big change is thinking about all the excuses and all the negative ramifications of like, oh, well, I, I have a kid on the way or, you know, my family just lives down the street or, uh, you know, this, is live, this, this life that I'm living is, is not so bad after all when, when like you know that there's something bigger out there for you. How do you defer those excuses and have that confidence like you did, Erica, to, to like ask for that job that, that is right in front of you or chase after, um, chase after what it is you really want? It's crazy because our episode that came out this week is called like how to make those changes you've always wanted. And I think, like you said, that is the number one reason why people don't make those changes is excuses. And I think the best thing that you can do is honestly just try to find a way to push past those. And one of the things that I did is I was giving a lot of excuses because mine involved a move. It involved quitting a job I'd had for six years. But I think something you can do and take a step back introspectively and say, what is the worst thing that is going to happen? So for me, that took a lot of pressure off because number one with the move, if you want to make a big move, I thought, okay, if I'm not happy in Los Angeles, guess what? I can get on a plane and I can move back home to Florida or, Hey, say I move out to Los Angeles and my social media business doesn't work out. Guess what? I have a degree. I have a I have experience. I can go out and get a job. So I think it's knowing like you have all these fears because of your excuses, but if you can figure out what's the worst that can happen. And if it's really, you know, like Erica said, if it wasn't going to work out, she was just going to go get a job. You can't be afraid of the backup plan and you can't be afraid to fail because you can't have success without failure. And going into it, you have to know you're going to have setbacks and if we, you know, let all of our setbacks in life deter us from what we want to do, we would never do anything. Yeah. And I also think too, like we're, we all do this. We write endings that don't exist yet. And I think that that's like a number one thing. If you are somebody that like wants to make a change, but are thinking of all the potential outcomes, just stop because you are literally writing an ending to something that hasn't even occurred yet. So I, I advise people to just be more in the moment and make decisions based on the feelings they have now, not the fears that they have that haven't even happened yet. Wow. Wow. That's big right there. Um, all this talk of success and chasing after dreams is great, but Sean and I are entering into a phase of life as many listening might be where we have a kid on the way and we're really evaluating. We've, we've been trying to be very intentional and strategic in how we're setting up our life so that 
we can really enjoy the time with our newborn baby and our kid when they grow up. I guess a baby and the kid are the same thing. But um, how? talk to me about work-life balance. I know you guys did an episode on this, but this is something that I have really been trying to be introspective about and strategic with. Yeah, my number one parenting tip when it comes to that is I you can no longer be a multitasker. You need to be a monotasker. When you are a dad, you be a dad. And when you are in work mode, you be in work mode and you never apologize either way. Um, when my daughter was born, I really struggled in the beginning. I was the girl who was literally in the hospital bed, maybe on this boob, trying to do some Instagram stuff over here. And like, it was just not, it was not healthy. And after a few months, um, I realized that like, I need to really delineate between like when I'm in mom mode and when I am in work mode. And sometimes mom mode is two minutes and I'm there and I'm a hundred percent. And then I have to go and do my work thing. So it's just really, that's like, if I could give you one piece of advice is to just really make sure you're separating out those times and don't ever feel guilty because at the end of the day, you are still, you guys are still your own individuals and you are still your couple. So you have to be able to make time for each of those things. And the second you let them start to cross over, you become not good at any of them. You can't be an amazing entrepreneur and a parent at the exact same moment. Like you're not giving 100% to both things. In order to be successful, I believe that anything you have to give 100%. And I think just to add to that is like, if you are, you know, if you're working a traditional job, you can definitely schedule a lot better. But I think if anyone out there is listening, or especially for you, you're designing your own life. And I think you have to lean into that. And so make a schedule that works for you. If you want to take, if, if it's a non-negotiable to spend, you know, Wednesday mornings with your child, make that happen and, and push your workout to when they go to bed. So I think not being afraid to live an unconventional life and saying, Hey, it's important to me that I drop the kids off at school and making that your non-negotiable and saying, but you know what? I'm going to get an hour in of work, maybe instead of decompressing with TV. And so you just have to be flexible and adjustable if you want to create and, and create the life you want to have. That's great. Appreciate that. Uh, might need more tips as we go through this, but <laughs> you're going to be amazing. Gonna be awesome. <laughs> so excited for you. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm not worried yet, but I know I will get there. It's, it's all going to be good. It, it, you all figure itself out. I don't, I don't know from the dad's perspective, um, but I know like as a woman, like there's definitely, it, it's tough in the beginning. You're, you're, first of all, your physiological hormones are just different, right? Like you're going through so much. And so it's like, it takes time, but just be kind to yourself, be patient and enjoy every moment because, and everyone says it, I used to get so mad when people would say to me, but like, it does go by fast. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's one of the most magical things you'll ever witness in your whole life. I'm excited. Uh, Melissa, in one of your Instagram posts, you shared about like this big break breakdown that you had. Um, Which one? Which one? <laughs> first of all. The one yesterday? <laughs> oh my gosh. How, how do you make it through, through tough times like that? I mean, you, seven months into, is it seven months or six months into pregnancy? I'm uh, six months because I'm going to be 27 weeks tomorrow. So six months. So yeah, I mean... I'm a very emotional person. I'm <laughs> and we always joke because like I'm not super emotional and that like if I don't respond to her text with like exclamation points emoji, she'll call me like, Are you mad at me? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm a cancer. I feel all emotions. And I I actually I like I said in the beginning of the interview, I'm an introvert. And so I think a lot of my 
I think number one to answer your question is to identify your triggers. So for me, it's okay to have a breakdown as long as I understand. And when I say breakdown, you know, to just go through tough emotional times or to really feel like I need to reset, it's understanding what triggered it um, and being okay with it. Uh, so for me, I'm very introverted. And so I exhaust myself when I'm, my senses are heightened or I'm doing too many things or I feel overwhelmed. So for me, it's understanding where that anxiety is coming from. And so once I kind of understand it, I can introspectively know how to move forward. But I also think you need to go into survival mode. So when you are having you know, a breakdown or a bad day, or you're anxious, or you're feeling depressed, you need to know how to get yourself out of it. And so for me, it's usually say, for me, I love a schedule. It's getting back on a schedule. I work out every morning. So I, my hair's a little wet is like, that's a non-negotiable for me. If I don't work out in the morning, mentally, I can't be where I need to be. And for me, physical fitness is so much more about mental. So knowing your triggers, knowing how to go into survival mode to get yourself out of it. And, but also allowing yourself to feel those emotions. I think so many times people say, Oh, you know, just push it down, push it down, push it down. But I feel everything. And I think that helps me always to develop and to be the best version of myself and no one is perfect. And that's what I really try to preach on my social media is we all go through tough times and it's okay. It's okay to be that person. You just have to know how to pick yourself up and move on. Hmm. Erica, what is your main message that you're trying to share with all the content you put out and with everything Erica? So my main message is just that you can enjoy all the foods that you love in life um, without having to feel guilty about them. Um, I just, I believe that like there are, there are so, I know there are so many people out there that feel hopeless. I felt like that at one point too, after I had my baby, I had was left with you know, 25 extra pounds that I didn't know how to deal with. I never also really had to worry about weight in my life. I was one of those annoying kids that like could eat an entire cake and nothing would happen to me. So I really never learned how to eat well. So here I was after having a baby and I thought to myself, like, I need to figure this out. Um, but I'm also addicted to all of these foods that I like, I'm obsessed with. So I switched my content strategy over in January because like that was the life that I was living and I wanted to share what I was doing and what was working for me. And that was taking those foods and making them so that I could eat them more often and not feel so bad about them. Um, and just inspiring people that, you know, maybe feel like intimidated with the kitchen and feel like they can't cook to say, Hey, like you can do it. Inspiring people to go out and buy that air fryer and showing them how it works and how it can change their lives. Um, cause it eliminates so much oil. It's crazy. I didn't realize this before I started air frying, but when you deep fry something, you're using about four cups of oil. When you put something in an air fryer, you're using about a teaspoon. So to be able to cut out all of those calories and fat, like it literally changed me. And so for me, it was just like, I need to share this with the world because I feel like I have, I have this ability to inspire people to get out and do it because I am not, I don't want to say I hate, I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm not anything special, but I'm no different than anybody else. Right. I wasn't, I was never the most popular kid in school. I was never like very coordinated with sports, pick last and dodgeball. Like that's just me. I'm not, I'm no different than anybody else. So if I can do it. I know that other people can. And I felt like that was, that was my, my shine. That was what I knew that I could inspire people because they could see themselves in me. Melissa, what about you with Melissa fit? 
So Melisfit started off as fully a fitness and yoga platform. Um, I used to really lean into my ability to, I always said like with yoga that I felt like there was something missing in the, in the market on social media where you would see this difficult pose, but then there was a disconnect to what was really happening in the studio. So I found a way to bridge the gap to help people have a better experience, like to help people off the mat, to have a better experience on the mat. So I did a lot of tips and I experienced a lot of virality through it, um, creating a lot of infographics. And then I realized people were coming for the tips but they were staying because they wanted to get to know me um, and I wanted to get to know them. I love community building. So I started sharing more about my life and about my struggles, um, the ups, the downs, being positive, being inspired. And so I started to share all aspects of my life. Um, I think that fitness and yoga is always at the core because it's a big part of my life, but we're such multifaceted people. And I love to share about my relationship. I love to share about my dog. I love to share, you know, about, you know, different things I'm trying out. So it's become very lifestyle, but the underlying message is I just want to make people feel happy. And I, I know that's broad, but I always say, I look at my page like a sunny day. And I feel like if someone's having a bad day, I want them to come to my page and just feel better. And not because I'm fake and I'm saying, oh, life is great, but because I'm sharing the positive side to some of the more difficult parts of life. And so I really value that human connection through the internet because we all have so many similarities that we can share. So I really say, you know, it's teaching people to live a healthy, positive and happy life. And that doesn't just mean having a big smile on your face every day. It means experiencing the ups, the downs and everything in between. That's awesome. And then your guys's podcast that was launched earlier this year, yeah. uh, share your shine. What are you guys hoping to accomplish with that? So we just both believe that everybody has a shine within them, something that when unlocked, they can change their lives and the lives of those around them. And our goal is to really just help our listeners unlock that shine by interviewing people who are shining in their own lives. Mm. Um, and it, it's really, it's come from a place where we both have found out what our shine was and they're completely different yet at its core, it's so similar. Um, and we just wanted like our little outlet to be able to, change the world in that way and just help people live the life that they feel like they were meant to. And like I say, like we're, or like we said, we're so different, but at, like our businesses are so different. She, you know, makes a business. I, eat, I eat for a living and she Love works that. out for a living. <laughs> and so you would look at from the outside and say, they're so different, but our core values of our business and who we are as business women and how we work and how we interact, it's so similar. And so I think our model of how we've grown our businesses could really be applied to almost anything. So we really want to, we're open books, yeah. you know, there's no secret ingredient, no. you know, we just want to share those tools that we've discovered along the way to help, you know, I mean, it doesn't even have to be business, whether it's relationships, whether it's friendships, anything, we just want to share what has worked for us because we're open books and we love to share with the world. That's great. I'm curious if you guys could share, You've had such a wide array of experiences, maybe two each. I usually do three for one, but two pieces of advice that might apply to the audience to help them overcome that uh, fearful, fearful spot they might be in and chase after their dreams. I mean, I think for me, um, the first one is like, I look at life as a book, right? And you are the author of that book and you should never, ever, ever let anyone else write your book for you. 
you are in control of your happiness. Um, and I think so many times we sit back in life and we let those excuses dictate our life and we write the endings. And instead, I, I advise you to look at that and just take back your own life and really write your own book. You can start a new chapter any day you want to. Um, and that's just like one piece of advice that I always give people. Uh, and I just find that like, if you look at your life that way and really consider, are you the one writing it or are you letting other people do it? You'll find that your happiness will increase tremendously if you take that sort of control back. Um, and I also think too, like you, your success is really tied to your dreams and your life is too short to just be like daydreaming. You need to take action. You need to like go for what you want to do and don't let those fears drive you. Um, I just, I think that's really important. I think so many times fears dictate what people do in life and you need to be in control of those. Mm. Okay. And my two, my biggest one, if I could share it with anything with your listeners is trust yourself because you have the answers. And I think especially in the social media space, you, you are inclined to look to what other people are doing and using that as an example. But the most success that I've ever seen in my career, um, has always been when I've turned the world off and I've been introspective and okay, sorry. Um, and you've been introspective and you just follow your gut and you trust yourself. And so I just think if something feels good for you, don't worry about what other people are going to think. Just go for it and trust yourself. So that would be my number one. And my number two is saying no isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes I think saying no usually means saying yes to yourself. And don't be afraid to put yourself first. I think that, you know, especially if you're starting off in business, you're inclined to say yes to everything. And sometimes that can take away from your true goal and your true mission. And don't be afraid to section yourself off of it say no to the things that don't feel good and just say yes to yourself. So mm. say yes to yourself yeah. more. I love that. I like that a lot. Uh, so you guys are entering into a new fun, exciting phase of life. Melissa, baby in a couple months and Erica just moved down to Florida. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited to have you on the show. Thank you for having us. <laughs>